You gotta get him, gotta get him. Uh, so, yo, man, viral. No, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of huge yeah. shoes I gotta fill in this room. Like, cause I see some of the people that you interview, I watch, you know, a lot of yeah. your interviews. So I was like, oh, <laughs> like, I know, like, but it's one of those if you know, you know things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was yeah. like, a lot okay. of people sleep on uh, right. some of the interviewees. Right. Like, <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> We just do a major thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I talked about it. Uh, well, I was sharing this with a friend of mine. That, and, I'm gonna, and I said it in a, like a short clip that I did. But it's, we're always reaching out for these superstar entrepreneurs, you know, these um, larger-than-life entrepreneurs, but not realizing the ones that's in your backyard is doing major things. Right. And you don't even know about it. Right. Like, they're doing it quiet as kept. But if we tap into them and help them, become noticeable imagine the things that they could be doing like right you know, with a little su more support recognition and things like that but you're right man a lot of them, they don't know like, they don't know i'm like oh i'm watching like, at all times <laughs> so, you know like you know you got to keep your eye on the goal like you have uh you know success in mind you want to be a millionaire you want to be a billionaire you mm -hmm. want to have a certain status but you know you can't do it alone like no. you need you need community you need the people um, that's going to speak on your behalf when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. So like what I noticed in that was like, oh, you know, you got this person here at the Jones factory that's doing real estate or this person's doing finance and this person's a lawyer and policy. So it's different, um, a different conglomerate and different camaraderie amongst, you know, men, black men. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that that was super important for yeah. me. I think the unification is like what's really stood out for me. It's mm -hmm. like everybody's in... in in unison, in the sense where everybody's trying to grow and help the other person grow. Yeah. And I, I think that's powerful yeah. when you have a, a group of people. And then we're going to tap into your story because at your age, at your level of doing things, that's incredible, bro. I appreciate yeah, it. Let, let's get started. Yeah. Welcome to It Starts Now, the happy hour of finance and business. My name is Stan Lane. Today we have a phenomenal guest, young star in the, in the making, uh, future legend. And I could go on, man, but please welcome our guy, Winston Gordon III. Wow, thanks. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, great. Like, I'm really, you know, honored. And um, it's a pleasure to be here because um, I don't do interviews and I don't like I'm very humble. So I don't really speak on my story. Um, but I thought that this was the right time. And I feel like the universe is conspiring for us to win. So I just really wanted to, you know, speak and, and give some light on, you know, some of my struggles and be really like transparent and about my like my personal growing up because um you know I, I i'm raised by like a lot of mentors and mm -hmm. you know i have I'm, i have a consulting firm and you know i work in um higher education at an ivy league institution um and and so i'm seeing different levels and different layers of life but i'm going through it very quickly like yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> and you're 26 right now yeah yeah uh, and you touched on a lot of things from real estate um you touched on education. You touched in so many things that one of the things I want to touch on, because we're going to circle back, you touch on fintech, uh, 
Man, the list could go on, but from an early age, how did you know that you were going to become an entrepreneur and tap into these different markets and different spaces? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, For me, uh, I think it was in my DNA because my grandfather owned a restaurant when I was born. And so like I kind of grew up in that restaurant with my grandfather and my father. And then um, I didn't know this, but in hindsight, I found out that my, my grandmother on my maternal side mm-hmm. was also an entrepreneur and also in entrepreneurial endeavors. And so like both of those grandparents were like, you know, they were just, it was within me. And like, I didn't know, but at an early age, I knew that I wanted to uh, be in control of my own destiny before it was popular to be a business mm-hmm. owner and things like that. And I knew that my time was important and I knew that I wanted to be successful. Of course, money. Well, that was the main factor, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I think um, there was a story about like me washing pennies at like three years old because I was like, yo, like this is money. Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. so from an early age. And so like, I always had this mindset of like being successful, having a business, um, whatever profession, you know, I always had inspirational goals of like, oh, I want to be president or, oh, I want to like, you know, be an architect or a lawyer. And like, I had these different goals and mm-hmm. like, they were always moving and pivoting and transitioning. So when I knew that like, oh, I have entrepreneurship spirit or I have the ability to make money on my own and find my own destiny, that stuck within my heart. Throughout high school, I, you know, I was like, oh, I'm gonna start my own business at some point in the future. Maybe I thought I'd be like 25 or 30 or I didn't think it was so tangible to start at an early age. Mm -hmm. And I had like my my godfather was a great mentor of mine, um, Mm -hmm. Gene Petrus, and he like actually helped me navigate through the space like every time i would call him at, at a teenage uh a teenage age when i started working like 16 he was like you know just start like you know it starts now yeah. <laughs> so he was like just start and um he was just like you know all you got to do is just well not all you got to do but what you have to do to start is to you know go online figure it out and just mm-hmm. sign up and just you know just start moving and so like you know at our early age I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I ended up starting my business at like 21, 20. Okay, but let, let's let's circle back a little bit because mm-hmm. let's share the story how you were able to help your family refinance at, at a young age yeah. and broker some deals. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, started, I got my first job um, through my church, uh, Emmanuel Baptist Church. And so they gave me a job through Teens That Mean Business. Um, it was a program for teens, entrepreneurship. It kind of sparked that spirit too. Yeah. And so like at 16, I'm thinking about, oh, I'm going to start a consulting firm or I'm going to start a daycare. Yeah. Like just like, you know, throwing these things ideas. Wall. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I was like, okay, let me uh, figure out how to start. But let me inquire in, in like... Um, put people in place. So like, you know, once I started working, I said, you know, I was hearing certain terms that maybe I didn't understand about like, you know, interest rates and mm-hmm. mortgage rates mm-hmm. and, you know, financial crises. I, I don't know these things, but I know it affects people that I love. And so like, you know, I decided like, hey, you know, I work with um, a foreclosure assistant mm-hmm. and uh, I work with a foreclosure manager and um, as his assistant. And um, 
you know, I knew that my job had some type of influence to help our situation financially. So I was always looking at how I can um, impact people around me in a financial way that will be beneficial for everyone. Um, and through that, I was able to make the connection, um, allow, you know, my grandmother to refinance on her house and, and do certain things that she needed to get done. Um, and I've always had that mindset, like with everyone around me, um, I've been able to try to impact their life financially. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like you mentioned a million dollar deal flow. And so like that, that kind of skips over a lot of things, but at, you know, at some point I, I got into rooms where we were talking about $13 million and we were talking about, you know, 600, well, actually, let me not lie. $120 million uh, deal. At what age? What age was this? Uh, this, this for me, uh, this was very recent within the last 12 months. Mm -hmm. So about 25. Um, and, but like it, it did not just get there. I really had to learn business and I had to move into rooms with a certain intention. Um, and so like, you know, Jeff Lindor has been a major men mentor for me. Um, because every time I go to him with an idea, he'll just spit up, spit back things to me. And it's like, oh shoot, I got to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I think I'm ready right. and I come in with all this passion and the ego and like, you know, the confidence, but you know, life don't work like no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's very humbling to be around, um, some mentors that like can really guide me mm -hmm. and point me into the right direction mm -hmm. and, 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 and can be practical. Right. And letting me know, hey, like, um, you know, you need to uh, you need to invest in yourself or like you need to work hard and you need to do this one thing and become a specialist and an expert. Um, because sometimes, you know, I can get pulled to different areas yeah, and I start yeah, doing yeah. this and that yeah. and this and that. But, you know, I've learned that um, as long as my North Star internally is always set on success and becoming a financial mogul. That's what I'll do. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Let's let's touch on because you work for uh, Columbia, and you are the advisor for financial based policy. What is financial based policy, and why is it important? Yeah, no, super important. So, for me, uh, what what's important when I have to uh, you know create certain uh management techniques or creating policy it's like i've learned that money and policy go hand in hand and so when you have money or you're allocated a budget you have to make sure that the policy behind that budget makes sense so you have to uh put it in a system you have to sy systematize everything and you have to make sure that you know your administration is tight and that make sure that like you're managing, you know, faculty, you're managing, you know, students, uh, undergrad, undergrad, masters, PhD, like, and so everyone has a different need. And so you have to be sure that, hey, what I do now will affect <clears throat> the lives of, you know, people 50 years down the line. So you have to make sure that, hey, the policy states something very in particular, and this was a, like a very recent transition because originally, you know, I went in and I was just strictly doing admin, but, you know, I started to learn like professionally how to, how to tap into what I'm good at mm -hmm. and how to tap into the things that I love to do. 
And so that's been a real uh, sweet spot for me. Like, so I have a background in accounting uh, undergraduate, and then um, I'm currently in my master's program about to finish in policy, uh, public policy and administration, um, specializing in management operations, and that's important. And so I'm gonna align, and I, that's what I'm doing. I'm aligning my finance and accounting background with policy to help those in the future, like to help people that may not understand how policy works or how to develop policy. And so then I'm using, you know, numbers in order to pair it with policy in order to create a larger ecosystem for everyone. So I do that in everything that I do at work, in my business, right, uh, right. family, everything. Did you, is that something that you learned from school or there's something that you learn by being around other entrepreneurs? Yeah, uh, great question. I believe it was both because in school, I did learn about finance accounting on a technical level. Um, but as I got older, I realized, hey, that there's more to the technicals. Like there's a little bit of interpersonal skills. There's a little bit of growth and development. Um, and honestly, the growth and development that I've gotten at the Gentleman's Factory has been like a major uh, a major uh, shift and pivot and transition for me because I was now able to understand that, you know, these things that I want aren't so far out. Like I have mentors that, like I have a mentor that is uh, the same mentor for Robert Smith. And so like, I, you know, like, and so right. that is like what I'm pulling from. I'm pulling from the technical knowledge, but I'm also pulling from my network. And so, like, if I continue to put those two together, it's just going to align in the stars for me to be successful and reach the heights that I want to reach. And it's not just a personal goal. It's to continue to do what I'm doing, which is helping those around me, helping my family, my friends, putting people in position to win. So, like, you know, kind of like that Rockefeller mindset where it's like, oh, you know, no one falls because everyone be everyone's crutches. It's like that's really how I see success and how I see my future um, getting put together. Right. No, that's big. Shout out to Jay-Z for that line and for impacting the culture with that line, right? Yeah. Because ever since he said it, things I think we made a shift in perspective and said, hold up, I think we need to build a team of successful people. And, and now we see what success looked like from those words that was uttered so in, back in 2006. And also, you know, you got Dame Dash that really was the pioneer behind that because he kept saying it over and over. So Jay-Z said it in a rhyme, but Dame was the one that was saying it to the team. Like, yo, stay focused. Everybody can make this money together. So shout out to both of them, actually. Hey, shout out to yeah. Rockefeller because that's really where this all comes from. Everyone is like a baby of Rockefeller. Yeah, 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 Rihanna, yeah. Kanye, everything culture, everything fashion, everything that you see is a product of that. And I don't think that those three gentlemen get enough credit, like Dame, Hove, and Biggs. Like, just making that a cohesive thing, it's like, it's golden. Um, that's where I learned a lot of, you know, my uh, mature <laughs> mentality, <laughs> run, right? Like, <laughs> it helps speed up the process right. of the development. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. that's a major key. Yeah. I actually met Dame too before um, I went to like this, uh, this concert that he did. It was recent, like a rock concert. Mm -hmm. It was pretty dope. And he was just like a really cool individual. So, yeah, yeah. That's what's up, man. Uh, but yeah, that shout out to both of them. Of course. Uh, let's circle back a little bit because you said something that you learn 
both um, you learn how to manage through school and through entrepreneurship, right? Um, through mentors and and actually seeing people in the process of building their companies and things like that. Do you still think that school? And I was talking to um, Julius about this. How uh, he mentioned that school, certain schools retain a status, right? Mm-hmm. A status level, and you're like, okay, that's 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 interesting. Um, do you think right now with this stage that we're in, that school still is valid? Or do you do you think it's still the indicator of becoming successful? Like back in the days, you know, you had to go to a certain school in order for you to get a certain position and things like that. But now you're telling me it's a combination of both. You have the technical skill set, right? But you don't learn the actual hands-on, right? Right. So do you still think with everything being more leaning towards being hands-on because the information is so accessible do you think it's still the indicator or these schools with their status do they still give off that implication of success status yeah uh answer your question yes (laughs) i think that schools are still very important um just to how we in obtain knowledge and knowing, I think uh, Chumbaro said it, like there are certain experts that verify information. And so we do have an excess of information. So it's at our fingertips, but without use of application of that, hmm. you have no, you have no, uh, no direction, no compass. Um, so I'm not like, I'm not opposed to people not going to school and uh and like figuring it out in trade school or figuring it out on their own on the fly but like everyone everyone's not gonna have that success story right right like at some point someone has to be a specialist in something and you're going to need an accountant or you're going to need an attorney or a medical doctor you know what i'm saying so i can't necessarily with a good conscience say that hey school is out the window Mm because these institutions have been around since the 1600 and I think the important factor for me has always been like learning is super important, like making sure that you learn. I think Mark Cuban even said that once he's like, yo, like I don't stop learning. I continue to learn. But you got to learn the right information. Right. Right. From the right sources. From the right sources. So so like it's a it's a pull on both because you don't necessarily need school to be successful. That's Mm -hmm. proven. But depending on who you are and where you are in your stages, you may need a uh, school like me. I like, I, I know I have certain talents and certain skills, but I'm like, well, school is my, my way. School is my vehicle yeah, yeah, yeah. to continue to grow. And, and by which like, you know, I have, I'm getting my master's, I'm getting my undergraduate degree and I have no debt. <laughs> like, and I think that that's important. Oh, that's right huge. Now. <laughs> Let me take that back. That's phenomenal. <laughs> To be at the scale that you're at yeah. and not have any debt, <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. it why is that though? Oh, like, yeah. Um, that's just being from Brooklyn, man. <laughs> shout out to East New York. I got shout out. I lived all over. I lived okay. around a little while. I live in Crown Heights and, and a bunch of places yeah. in Canarsie. Um, but yeah, it was because I knew uh early on that um I did not want to go into debt. Right. So I went into college with a mindset at 18 saying that I cannot take on debt. And so I didn't take on debt in undergrad. Right, right. Still got to, you know, do some campus life for a little while and then come back and graduate from Brooklyn College. And then 
continue my master's. And so like I have, you know, uh, some some payment plans in terms of how I'm receiving the funds. Mm -hmm. And so like that allowed me to get comfortable asking for like large amounts of money, like asking for twenty thousand dollars from like, you know, executives. And so like doing that and then and then pairing that with working at higher ed um has been important so like again it's like learning and having the knowledge it's not just about the school you mm-hmm, know because mm-hmm. people think oh school but like hey if you could get that for free <laughs> yeah. so i was talking to smitty earlier and i was telling him it's not just about the information but it's closing the gap yeah right because the information is out there and the execution is there it's closing the gap from the information that you're gathering to the execution and the results that you want so the closer you get at closing that gap, the more you start to see things open up and you're like, oh, this is what success looks like. <laughs> okay, this is what I want then. So it, the more we start to close the gap on certain things, I think it'll be um, very important. But I want to touch back on, you said you feel comfortable asking for money. Is that uh, where you get, is that the startup to FinTech? and the application that you're starting? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, The start for me is hard to pinpoint because I got into it. I got into my business saying, I'm going to have a consulting firm. That's all I knew, right? Then I started figuring out business continuity, management consultant, pairing certain things together as I as I made certain connections and and got further along, um, I decided that I have this vast network at an early age. And so I need to systematize how to find contracts, how to find deals, how to find money. And so like, you know, if I'm in the room of $10 million or $100 million, I need to be able to bring people along with me. And so I, I created a, my team um people from my my high school my college um you know i have a software developer who works at amex i have another very young gifted um you know cso which is a strategy officer and she works at um at a uh at an investment bank and so like i have some really good minds pairing together Mm -hmm. like people that i've grown up with and then i also have the network and the know-how to to find the resources and so then we came together and we started to build out this app and this platform that allows for people to go to the app pair it with an uh, anchor organization like apple microsoft google tesla so it's like an integration yeah it's an integration platform and um we had in a, even in a gentleman's factory billionaire charles phillips and he was able to tell us about software development and how important those things are and how important the future is. And so like when when we talk about these things and understand these things at like a at a higher level, we start to see like sometimes it's not about the flashy business. Sometimes it's about the business behind the scenes yeah. <laughs> that's making the money and that's really solving a problem, like right. a real problem. Mm-hmm. Like if the people in the factory work and have these brilliant businesses and these brilliant ideas, 
they just need certain deal sources and they they're getting it but then there's still that ceiling there's a glass ceiling it's invisible so someone has to take on the armor and go into those rooms and work on their behalf while they're working on their business mm -hmm. because you need everyone to succeed so i i noticed and found that because of my network and because of the people that i talk to and deal with that my true passion is to connect people to money. And so that's what the that's what the business does. That's what the platform does. It's merging financials with technology and making sure that the people in our ecosystem are surviving, but not surviving, but thriving um, in that ecosystem and becoming, you know, realizing their goals, having mm -hmm. an exit strategy. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what our platform is based on, connecting people to their capacity um and so you know we have some trademarks in place and and we're building out software daily i'm becoming a developer which yeah. is crazy. <laughs> so it's, it's it's a it's a crazy ride it's a crazy journey um and i'm just thankful that the people around me have been nothing but supportive and and have been candid and honest and like hey like this doesn't work this works this, right. you know yeah. that's really helpful now uh, now that we have the scope but what what gave you what was the initiative behind it yeah um probably working on my business tirelessly and seeing that I don't have the capacity to be everywhere and I don't have the capacity to do the daily work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I need to make sure that I'm not like I'm creating something that I can use and I'm creating something that the entire uh, community can use. So I, I really learned on like with hands on that's mm -hmm. why it's so important to just get up and you know start your business and be uh intentional about what you want to do because you'll learn on the way and i haven't stopped learning since i started it in 2017. no that's amazing that's yeah. like really uh something to really like motivate people it's, it's more of an aspirational journey that you're on because you're doing it at a big scale at a young age so the potential, there's no limit for you right now. So there is a possibility that you could you could exceed way f a lot further than a lot of the mentors is feeding all this information into you. Mm -hmm. So you you have like such a journey because now you all the things that they feeding into you to grow for you to develop and become this this fortitude of success. Now you're going to have to share it with the world. So that's that's the other side of it. Like once you start to learn, now it's time to share. So that's it's going to be an interesting yeah. journey. And, I, and I'm so excited we got an opportunity to meet and talk because now I can watch your 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 trajectory and where you're going with this thing. And, and I think it's phenomenal, like really, like really inspirational. I want I want to circle back because we talked about earlier, a friend of mine, we were saying, how there's there's a mind shift that needs to that needs to be changed or that needs to be made from we look at things as that's flashy as success, whereas other people that's really successful and really making moves they're not as flashy, but in our culture we tend to indicate or that's the indicator of success by somebody showing. Uh, some something material and we think like oh they got it yeah right yeah but then meanwhile the people that really got it <laughs> right <laughs> they're not as flashy right they they have or where whereas what they invest into 
right? And we talked about, Julius Smitty and I talked about it before, like the things they invest in may not be the same thing we're capable of investing at a certain level. So whereas they not, may not be flashy in cars or things like that, but they probably have a private jet that flies them around. They probably have like a yacht that they get to spend time with their family on vacation, right? Certain things. So we have to change it, our mind shift for like, all right, there's a bigger goal instead of looking at the the little things that's like, and I, I and I understand you could take whatever it is, it, whether it be small, you know, motivational things, whatever it is to get you going. But once you start going, I think we have to expand our outlook and say, okay, it's far beyond this little flashy thing. There's a lot bigger world out there that we need to tap into. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on that? No, like I have so many thoughts on that because <laughs> that is my entire life. Like I'm really under the radar. I don't like try to, you know, put on like a show. I don't try to, you know, I just try to be authentically myself and and I just try to like walk into rooms and and know who I am and know the people that I encourage, touch and and aspire to be like as well. Um and so like it's kind of that concept of like Mark Zuckerberg wears a blue shirt and a and a black shirt. He has no other clothes. Right. It's like a mindset. Um even you mentioned like private jets. It's like I know we had uh, Ray McGuire here and he was talking about how he went to like a game and it was like through a connection, right? And so he was like floor seats at the NBA finals, right? <laughs> and so it's like, you hear these things and you're like, whoa. And so like you, there are people in the room that you'll right. never know what they have. And so like, that's that's been a key for me, a key factor. Like I look at people and I'm like, wow, people don't even know who this person is, but I know <laughs> that's my job. I have to connect people to the money. But um, I look at that as aspirational because now I've been open to so many different things. I have a group of friends that are, you know, making quarter million at private equity firms and, and a group of friends that's making over a hundred thousand and people that are accredited investors. Um, and so learning that, hey, you need not only a million dollars in net worth, but you also need, uh, you know, a cash flow of like 200,000, 250,000. Um, and so like you, when you start to learn that, like from Robert Smith, that he's like literally printing money with Vista Equity Prints and learning that these guys are not like, you know, they're not rappers. Like they're not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they're literally day-to-day -day people that just put their head down, went to school and got, you know, really good at their craft. And so like, I'm learning that more and more, like that's what I wanna do. Like I'm going to, you know, see houses right now. And I have a few that is on my list. I even have, some places that I can't really mention that like is really going to blow up. And, um, and so like, you know, just understanding how to build their portfolio, understanding who to talk to about cash flow with financing, operating cash, investing. Those are things that, um, I'm learning from these plain clothes millionaires, right? Like that's the millionaire yeah. next door theory. And so I like that idea very much because, you know, the flash is cool, but it doesn't get you anywhere because there's an emotional toil that or a turmoil that you put on yourself when you have to present a certain way all, all the, the time. time. And yeah. that's just it's too taxing. Mm. And you could be putting your efforts and investing your time into something else. Uh, I'm glad you touched on that. How does that emotional imbalance affect you? Yeah, uh, because you, you know, at a young age decided to go to therapy. Yeah. Right. And I think that's phenomenal. I think that is something that we should all touch it. 
tap into, at least try to figure out what em emotional disconnection that we're having that's causing these conflicts from us to succeed, right? So how has that impacted you and what was the change that made in you to be able to be vulnerable with yourself and yeah. other people? Yeah, um, that's, that's great. I know that I've gone through some really serious situations. Um, I've lost a lot of people close to me at an early age and thought it was normal or like been through some struggles. Like honestly, um, I, I, uh, I was in a shelter at one point. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, going from house to house. Uh, there were a lot of things for me um, that shaped me to be who, who I am and where I am. But, but I thought that my perception of the world was, you know, just how it was and how things were. Um, and of course, coming from strong backgrounds where, you know, my grandparents lived in maybe one room with 11 children or 10 children and on both sides. And so like, I come from a strong lineage of, of fighters and people that have an internal strength. Um, but it's not always good to always just be strong. Like sometimes you have to address like some of the pain you have to address. And I think even like we talked about it earlier, like, um, in some of the music that we hear, people are talking about their pain and they're being transparent and vulnerable. And so like, I knew that there are moments where, Hey, my vulnerability may help someone else. Like my cousin, honestly, he passed away in 2020 and he took his own life and he was a PhD at the age of 30. Um, and so like me seeing that understanding that he probably was dealing with some of the tolls that I go through. Um, and then like, just con again, constantly just being, I'm the oldest child. So I'm constantly being the person that people look to mm -hmm. and oldest out of on, on both sides. So the oldest out of how many? Oh, the oldest out of four. Okay. Yeah. So like, and yeah, seven, if you want to count marriage. So just being the oldest and being that person that people are, are relying on, like people are, whether I want to or not, people are watching me and they're like, what is he going to do next? Mm -hmm. How is he going to make it through this? How is he going to survive? And a lot of times it's really tough. Like it, it puts something on me where it's like, I don't want to do this, but I have to get up and do it. And, mm -hmm. um, and so that's why I've, I've decided to go to therapy because I don't want to be put in a position where um, I'm forced to listen to the to the dark voices or the deep, you know, personal. Yeah. yeah. And it's 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 tough. Like, you know, no one said that this was going to be easy at all. <laughs> if it was easy, everybody would be able to do it. <laughs> exactly. So so knowing that it's so tough and it's not going to get any easier mm. and it's going to continue to get harder and then knowing the amount of things that I've had to deal with already and like the amount of pain and loss. I'm like, there is absolutely no way that I can do this, like in order to lead my, you know, my family, my, 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 ch my child and my children, and then, and then lead my, you know, my, my partner, my fiance and, and allow for us to be, you know, a real, a real, uh, a real, uh, a, a real moment to, to see how, you know, how positive a black family could be and, um, and, and to show the world that you know it's it's okay to just be just to be vulnerable it's okay to just you know to just be authentic about some of the yeah, things yeah. that you're going through like you know you gotta read the real the realest quote i heard was it's okay to be not okay too yeah and 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 that that takes that takes a different self-courage like if if i knew 
what I knew about like the emotional um, pulls that I had inside me earlier, I would have addressed them sooner because it would have helped me professionally. And so that's something that I knew, like, oh, like this is all connected, like <laughs> that yeah. that level of yeah. just like you know, we wonder why other cultures step into the room and they're able to just have their chest out and just say, oh, I deserve this. Mm -hmm. It's because you know, at an early age, they had the opportunity and privilege to just be right, to just be freely, to mm -hmm. just you know, exist without the pressures of poverty, without the pressures of the world on yeah, their back. They don't have that many trauma. Yeah. All right. So, and it's not just the trauma of poverty, poverty. It's not just that, but it's also the trauma of uh, the environment, the, the trauma of even from your parents or your, the people that's supposed to be responsible for you, they're unable to express a certain way. And they don't know how to communicate a certain way. And you have to forgive them. And you absolutely <laughs> because they don't know. Yeah. Right? So they don't know. But it trickles down because they're feeding to you their fears and the, the things that's going in their minds, mm -hmm. in their heads. So they're mm -hmm. struggling with that pull too. Like they're human. They're human. <laughs> right? So now it's time like, how do we humanize them and say, it's okay, I do forgive you, but know these that are. yeah, these are these are these. <laughs> These are these barriers I have to put up to protect me. My internal. Right. Your internal thing. Because they may not understand that they need help. Right. Right? Yeah. Not everybody's willing to be open and face themselves to say, you know what? Maybe I need some kind of, you know, talking to myself or mm -hmm. or this facing myself yeah. facing my demons and that's tough like oh. when you gotta face yourself right like we yo. yo jeff says one of the biggest quotes he was like yo like you know black men be like yo i'm on the grind and i'm doing this that and this this that and they're doing that because they don't want to face themselves like a lot of times we talk about money because we rather not talk about ourselves we rather not talk about where we are right now at the stage yeah and you got to be comfortable with that yeah. you got to say hey listen i'm not where i'm at right now mm -hmm. but i i'm happy with where i'm going yeah. Right, you got to be content with with you with yourself at that period. Yeah, but understand that hey, listen, I mean, I'm I'm lost at this moment. Yeah, you you got to say it publicly. Listen, I may be lost at this moment, and ask for help, and ask for help. But that doesn't mean that I'm gonna be lost tomorrow. Right, right. Because <laughs> if I if I ask for help, and and I find the path or I find the road, then I'm no longer lost. But right. I have to admit that I'm lost. It's like driving, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't know where you're going, you got to ask for help, right? <laughs> you got to ask somebody, hey, can you direct me here? Can right. you direct me there? But as men, you know, I think it's a cultural thing, but especially as men, we, we're very prideful. So mm -hmm. we like, we don't want to face ourselves, but that's the biggest struggle. We don't want to be weak or, or perceived weak. And mm -hmm. that's something that we struggle with heavily because sometimes our perceptions of ourselves is not how the world views us. And everyone is human. So there's a human side to everyone. And they'll be able to help you if you know. And I struggle personally with asking for help because, again, where we come from, I it just it wasn't an option to ask for. Right, help. right. But here's the thing, though, right? Because you you're learning this early. <laughs> <laughs> I learned this later. Right, you're learning this early. And what made you say I need to face myself or 
I need to seek help, counseling, whatever the case may be. What made you say that at an early age to say, you know, something's not right. I need to get better. Yeah. Uh, probably a multitude of things. So between the global pandemic <laughs> and really having that time to sit down with yourself uh, between having a child, <laughs> um, wanting to be better for them and not pass on traumas uh, between, you know, going through traumatic experiences through the pandemic where I almost lost three major people in my life close to me due to uh, the virus. It was, it was something that, um, something awakened. Yeah. It was like a, it was like, you can't ignore this anymore. You're running from your pains and, and you don't want to end up in a cycle where you now have an addiction like other people in your family. And so I, so I run, like I ran towards the safest route of me facing whatever it is that I think is the end of the world inside mm -hmm. of me. And so I think that that route is better than seeing some of the things that I've seen suffering from addiction and, 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 and how that affected the family unit. And like, if I want to build these ecosystems outside of my family, I have to make sure that the foundation is set and I have to make sure that internally I'm okay, because if I'm not okay, then no one else will be okay. And and that's something that I learned where it's like, no one's coming to save you, right? Like, so you have not to save all. yourself because mm -hmm. it can go too far. I've had situations where people have been in jail and and had to learn themselves in uh, in isolation, you know, like, <laughs> and, and like, why do that, right? When you have examples of, of, of what to do and what not to do. So for me, like, I'm like, okay, I don't really trust this therapy thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like, because I have trust issues. Right. Um, but but I'm gonna give it a try because I I have nothing left. Like when you get to that moment, I really got to a moment because of all my experiences. Uh, candidly, I, I got to a moment where I was like, I, I I can't do this no more. Like I I I have nothing left to give. So I need to make sure that hey, I gotta replenish and restore and find things, hobbies that I'm passionate about and, and do other things outside of business and outside of taking care of the world because I got to take care of myself self first. first yeah. yeah, self preservation. <laughs> self preservation is key. Yeah. And and it's only in isolation can you replenish. Yeah. Because if you if you have all these distractions and it's really hard to do, right? Yeah. So you go in isolation you replenish yourself, get your energy, and then that's where you're able to face the world. Right. But uh, this has been amazing, brother. Like, and and I'm really, really, extremely proud of your success. And I know more success is coming. So <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep tab because I'm gonna keep watching. But I am extremely happy. Before we even uh, end this, I just want to say one final thing. If you had to share uh, one th one thing to get people started, especially the young generation, your generation, to get people started and and chase after their dreams and become that inspirational person like you are, what would you say? I would say focus on your emotional maturity and your discipline. Um, those two things can carry you further than anything else because the mentors that I have that are with the Robert Smiths of the world, they understand that you can't have an emotional moment of weakness because you can't afford it. 
And so you have to make sure that you're strong enough and disciplined enough to get up every day and do that thing that you love. And so after, you know, me going to eight plus or seven plus countries and just seeing the world in Asia and Europe and, and America, and like, I understand that certain privileges that we have here, uh, we can't take that for granted. No. So that's, that's what I would say is like, make sure that you use this moment to do the things that you love and to make sure that you're passionate about it and, and success and, and, and the money will come. That's what's up, man. Thank you, brother. Salud. <laughs> Salud. Yeah. Where can they reach you if they need to get in contact with you? You can find me on LinkedIn, Winston Gordon III. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, of course, uh, Young and Beloved, Y-O-U-N-G, letter N, Beloved, B-E-L-O-V-E-D. Uh, and uh, you can email me as well, Winston.Gordon. I, I, I at gmail.com. <laughs> My man. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yo, it's been dope. Kid. This was another great episode. If you'd like to keep up to date, you can find us on IG at It Starts Now. And if you got something out of this, you can always like, share, subscribe, and feel free to leave a comment. Your feedback is very valuable to us. I am Stan Lane. And don't forget, It Starts Now.